Previously on the Lupe and Royce show. I don't know what this is. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are those things called? You have to, the medicine thing. No, it's a penis, What man. the fuck is that? It's a penis. Why do you have that? I actually got Why this. Why do you have that? I got this in Japan. I got it in Japan from one of my, my homies met them for like dinner at this izakaya in a super famous kind of low-key cult spot in Japan. And so his theme was dicks. This was actually one of the cups that they would serve you like wasabi or like you put soy sauce in or like, you know, ginger or whatever. Uh, the, the owner of the restaurant was, was he, he a G and he, uh, he gave me his, uh, look, one of his little penis bowls. He gave you a penis bowl. <laughs> that is an interesting possession right there. The Lupa and Roy show is a Say What Media production. That was pretty good. What up? This is Lupe Fiasco, and I beat on time. I whoop him. Yo, what up? This is Royce to 5'9", and um, that sounded a little weird. And this is Tom Frank. I'm a regular dude who really is pulling all the strings behind the closed door. They don't know. How are we doing today? It's springtime. I'm it's fantastic. feeling warm out. Where, where at? In here in Maryland. It's mm. beautiful. It's like mm-hmm. L.A. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. It's nice I and like cold. It's nice and cold here. I don't have one of those joints. What do you mean you don't have one of those? I got a gray one. Oh, okay. Oh, you ain't got you ain't got a, a stealth one to creep up on snatch no. purses in. I want that color, bro. <laughs> I, want that I like color. the black one. This was like a prototype. I want that I think. color. That was the prototype. Yeah, we got new merch in the works. I oh, mean, listen, can't, man. I can't give any way. I can't. For, I can't give anything else away. For a man for, to have a factory in his garage, it is unacceptable that we. It's still on the way. It should be done. We, we should be counting dollars. I want to come on here and count money for a whole episode that with money that we made from this show, <laughs> right? For an hour. All right, we're gonna What's do up? that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. This is episode twenty nine. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that episode hundred to celebrate stop, the one hundredth episode. Stop, we're gonna count money. Stop trying to appeal to a different side of us by rhyming when you speak. We got merch in the works. I'll let you know, guys. We got merch in the works. I think just being around you guys, I'm I'm starting to rhyme and rap and just rhyming and criming, criming and rhyming. I can't wait till you get good That's at it. That's very true. Okay, could you please hurry up and get good at it, man? Uh, show 100. Show 100. I'll be really good at it. So we're on show 29. For Welcome those of you who haven't listened to the first 28, this is better show hustle 29. it up. Welcome, y'all. This is show 29. 29. Welcome, everyone. Yeah. Fans, welcome back. Shout out to everybody who left uh, messages um, at the phone number, which is, Tom, off top, right at the top of the show. What is our phone number? Our, 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 our hotline is 707-276-6261. Leave us a message. Also, and you might please. get it played at the end of the show. Yeah, do that. And make sure, hey, if you're out, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you're subscribing on Apple, hey, Spotify, sell it. Google, sell it. Please YouTube. Feel free, to, feel free to leave us some money and send money in for the hundredth show, so that these two guys can just count for a solid. I hour. swear to God, rhyming and crying, merchant and jerking, merchant and merchant. Well, now, Lou, you do have. Your first concert, so to speak, in a while, has mm. just been announced. And yeah. It's coming up soon. Yeah, let me just sell this. Real I want to hear about this. I'm not finna yeah, do it. How's whole... this working? Uh, listen, man. 
I'm going to do a whole expose about this. It's real simple. I rap for a living. Sometimes I do it on stages. Mm-hmm. Okay. April fifteenth, mm-hmm. I will be doing a virtual concert with Future Stream. You go to Future Stream TV, uh, it's futurestream.tv slash Lupe Fiasco to get tickets. Tickets are available right now. If you hear my voice, go get a ticket. Um, and it's it's similar to to uh, to, to Royce's uh, uh, sh- virtual show that he did. So it's a virtual show, um, uh, and we're doing food and liquor. It's the fifteenth anniversary of my first album, Food and Liquor. So we're doing that from beginning to end, and it's part of a. Uh, you know, we were lap- prior to COVID uh, shutting everything down. We were in the midst of doing the food and liquor tour, so we were just going around doing food and liquor. My first album from beginning to end, so it was, it was fabulous. We did, we did, I think a couple shows before stuff started to get funky with COVID and everything got shut down. So, um, hopefully, as, as things open, we'll go back on the road and do it live. But in the meantime, we got a live stream virtual version of it. And it's pretty, it's, it's going to be pretty slamming. You know what I'm saying? Got my homies in there, Big Baby Bam, my, my DJ, DJ Double O. Um, so we throwing down. Uh, shout out to Dame Dash Studios, where we, we, we actually, uh, are doing the live stream from, doing the concert and everything from. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, yeah. So shout out that's to Dame, doing, running around doing press with him. Um, so me and Dame go way back, but that was super cool. Shout out to Rita Lee for putting it together. And, uh, that's April 15th. So make sure you tune in, futurestream.tv slash Lupe Fiasco and get tickets right now. But on the 12th, um, they're dropping an NFT around the show. So, um, you know, there's there's all type of different packages and stuff for it and um, different bonus materials and stuff like that. Some merch will be attached to it as well. So, you know, April 12th, we're dropping NFT. So make sure you tune in for that. That's coming through, I think, Origin Protocol, um, one of the NFT companies. And then uh, FutureStream.tv slash Lupe Fiasco for the concert. You know? Is that going to be non, as- non-fungible? Non-fungible or? Yeah, shout out to JTJ <laughs> for... for, for- if, if, if you don't know what an NFT is, is, just go back and listen to our NFT episode uh, starring JTJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gave us a whole spiel and breakdown of what the NFT world is. We're not going to do it right now. I see your face, Tom. I'm not how, finna- many, how many people can say that they have an NFT episode, huh? Not many. not many. And here's another special bonus. A little special bonus for April 15th is that before... Mr. Lupe Fiasco goes live with food and liquor from beginning to end. There'll be a special edition of the Lupe and Royce show where myself and Royce the five nine will be interviewing Mr. Lupe Fiasco with questions from you, the fans. So look out uh, either, either tomorrow or Saturday. We'll, we'll be, we'll be putting on up on the social channels, my channel, the show channel, Royce's channel, um, a little bit of a, uh, of a of a prompt to ask us anything. Come up with some interesting questions because we are going to grill him. This is going to be a highly investigative reporting interview to really get the goods on Mr. Lupe Fiasco and mm-hmm. everything that was behind food and liquor. Oh, you better be fucking afraid. Listen, man, just because you can ask questions, that don't mean I'm going to answer them. So please send in all of your questions. Send in all kinds of stuff. That don't mean I'm going to answer it, baby. I plead the fifth. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, no, you'll be answering them. You'll be answering them. That don't mean I'm answered, baby. So let me ask you about food and liquor. So this is your 15th anniversary. Bruh, save it for your supposed frontline interview or your supposed 
uh, 60 minutes <laughs> that you and old five ninth is going to 60 do. minutes, I think. Yeah, 60 minutes. I, I'm asking, I told you, I'm, I, ref, I plead the five ninths. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I have pulled up in front of me. Do you guys want a update on the um, Hall of Fame? Oh, I do. Oh, what's the update? We, what's the update? Because we have we have a new first place person who has uh, three hundred and seventy one thousand votes. Tina Any Turner. guesses on who it is? Tina Turner. Boom. And I'm gonna tell Boom. you why. Tina ooh, Turner. Ooh, Royce, and guess why? Hot, hot damn. Why? What? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get real conspiratorial. Okay, Hotel Cecil style, real quick. I watched okay. it too, Tom. Mm-hmm, just so mm-hmm. you know, for the fans ooh, out there who was waiting, on, I, I sat through it. I watched it. It it, it it bothers me. I'm still dealing with it. But anyway, now remember, where was Tina Turner before? Before she, what? She was in the top five, I think. Right? Yeah, but she she wasn't like she wasn't top three, was she? Or was she? No, I think she was four or five. Fela Kuti was number one. Fela Kuti's now number two. Is now number two. Okay, so just just when's the last time that Tina Turner just kind of popped up outside of this Hall of Fame thing? Hmm. She been kind of quiet, yeah, but she just she just announced that she's doing the movie, right? See, see? that. That I think it's a whole kind of concerted effort, right? That they saw like, cause she popped up for this film, right? And it was like some controversy around the film, right? Cause I seen like somebody mm-hmm. did a review of the movie, and it was like, man, they keep just focusing in on the bad stuff with Tina. Won't they just focus on in all the other stuff that she done did? And it was just, it was just creating a conversation, right? Well, I think it's all somewhat aligned, right? That was it. Mm-hmm. It was a poor conspiracy theory, but I think that it was because that movie's coming out is you're seeing more interest in Tina, and that's why she jumped to number one. People remembering why they love her, why they love her so much. Do you think that she did that? Is her timing on purpose, or do you think it's coincidence? How bad do musicians want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Man, real bad. I would imagine as bad as I wanted a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> But think about it, right? Like the Grammys is scheduled. So you know when the Grammys going to happen. They have a date, right? Mm-hmm. They have very hard yeah. dates, right? Of when they're going to open things, when they're going to close things. And I don't know if it's... I'm making, now I'm just guessing. But I'm I'm assuming that it's, people are aware of when voting and picking and stuff is going to open for the Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, absolutely. Right? So you can yeah. kind of prepare mm-hmm. in advance, right? To place yourself, you know, into the social conversation, if you do so, choose and have the uh, appropriate folks and connections to get your name out there, mm-hmm. right? And I think Tina, I think that's what happened with Tina Turner. I think that's why Tina Turner jumped to number one is because of that movie. Mm. And I think, I think you're right. I think she timed it. A well, good marketing was- person would have would have put all all the dots together. It's perfect fucking timing. timing. Perfect. Yeah, perfect timing. Because if you remember, I don't think I even voted for Tina. I did. I did vote for Tina. I did not vote for Fela. <laughs> Mispronounce his name one more time. Fela? 
He's doing better this time than he was last time. He knew that hey, man's name, bro. Failure, 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 failure. So wait a minute. And then we have the well, – what's kind of amazing is the two of them both have over 370,000 votes. And number three is 100,000 behind them. Foo-fires? And there's three of them that – there's four of them that are in the 200,000. Who wait, do you think they are? Who, wait, so who's number three? I'm not trying to guess, man. This ain't a game show. Who's who's number three? <laughs> three is the Go-Go's. Okay. Four is Iron Maiden. Five is Foo Fighters. Damn. And six is Carol King. The crazy part. Six is who? Six is who? Carol King. Carol King, okay. The crazy part What's is the crazy that part? all of our heroes are like out of the runnings. They're done. J, LL. Mary J. Blige. Where's Jay Z at? They just evaporated. The, the bottom three, the bottom three, Jay Z's dead last, LL Cool J, Mary J. Bruh. It's a conspiracy, bruh. Mm, okay. It's a conspiracy. All right. They just going to do Mary like that? Now, hey, LL here's, cool J, here's LL cool my J. take on that. The guy, who, the guy is, who made I'm Bad, huh? huh? She's, she's young still. I mean, this is, this is the first. I mean, she's got time. She, she she'll she'll get in. Mm. And Fela's will be posthumous, so there's that, right? Oh, I'm rooting for Fela. I'm right. a huge his, fan. His, oh, what are you talking about? You're such a dirty liar. <laughs> you probably still haven't even listened to you one Fela song. I'm upset. Fela, I of the three of us, who has been in his home country? Yeah, I've never been to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I'm not going either. I've been so in Nigeria. I've been in Nigeria. You've been in Nigeria? Where at? Where at Nigeria? I don't fucking know. <laughs> why why just, am I supposed to know that? I don't know. I was in Abuja, so I know where I, I was. I, I rapped over there somewhere. Did you hear oh, you that did? man say, why should yeah. I have to know that? That yeah. is... That's... That's prestige right there. This is a prestigious man to be like, I don't, why would I need to know when, where I was in Nigeria? Well, I got a job, I got a job to do, man. I can't fucking know everything. I got the rap. Okay. I'll tell you the name of the venue, man. It was called the, the, the play, the venue. And I rapped. I went in there and I rapped. Rap, 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 rap. This man is a whole special. Now, I think I've been over there. I think I've been to Nigeria. I don't know if I've been to Mumbubutu. Where you say you was at? All you got to do is just Abuja. Google him. Did you say Mumbubutu? That's terrible. Just Google when Royce was I in Nigeria, man. He, but you say Royce did. You said uh, you calling the man Fila. He's saying them boom, 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 boom. Like, come on, man. Put some respect. I was just kidding. I think Tom was serious. <laughs> um, if, if I find out that you were in Nigeria wearing a flash shirt, I'm going to. Oh, You're not going to find that out. Unless you find out the same way you found out I was anywhere else wearing a flash shirt. It's, you know what I'm starting Through to notice? Through Photoshop. What I'm starting to notice, Royce, it's easy to find stuff about you. Like, it's real easy. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, I didn't have a flash shirt on. Like, I really didn't. Every time something come up about you, right, there's a video for it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, of course. There's Royce. He is right here still in that car. It's right there. <laughs> I'm gonna find. Man. I'm gonna find him in Nigeria. The algorithm is never kind to me. Ever. You're a very public figure. Man, you super. Public. I'm not. You way more public than me. I'm very private. I don't I'm think you private. are very private. Me neither. You've yes, been all I am. over the place. Yes, I am. 
Yes, I am. Yo, so serious note, right? The uh, the two two things that I want to touch on. Uh, one, the, the 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 Asian violence, right? One thing. Want to want to touch on that a little bit, and then also the uh, uh, the George Floyd case, um, which is uh, mm-hmm. rolling out right now um, in Minneapolis. First, the Asian violence piece, man. Like, <clears throat> I think it's appropriate for everyone who is in a position of 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 influence over, you know, a, a audience of people that may include people from different walks of life, right? Just your general audience, right? Um, you know, to let your audience know, you know, to to kind of control yourself, not even kind of control yourself, like control yourself. Like if you've ever heard any of my songs, if you've heard my name or you've, you've been to a concert or heard a song on the radio, seen one of our interviews, just aware of who I am, right? Um, you, you don't have to be a super fan, a stan. You can just be some random person. Lupe Fiasco would, would, would like for you to express some level of empathy and support for our Asian brothers and sisters here in, here in America, mm-hmm. firstly, and but also our Asian brothers and sisters all around the world, right? Um, yes, there's a, a relationship between black folks and Asians that is... I mean, it's mixed. It's a mixed bag, right? There's, there's, you can show evidence of this. You can show evidence of that. But right now, 2021, right? Today is the time to, you know, have had learned from the past, have forgiven the things that have occurred in the past, right? And then focus on what we are going to do as a total unit of people today to kind of stem that violence specifically for that community that is calling for that that need the same way that we call for the same things in our own communities whether we're black people white people latino people whatever it is uh, a group of us is in need of some attention and some type of support um so i think that is is if you're a lupe fiasco fan specifically um i will hope that you would do that you know i'm not saying that we're gonna be able to solve it i'm not saying we're gonna get through to everybody but just the one step that you can take is just show some support and some sympathy for the for for that group of brothers and sisters that we're dealing with here. So what is that? What's happening exactly? Is it is it like random acts of violence toward Asian people in America, or what's going on? Like why why I noticed that everybody was kind of like posting that. I know we had, we we had the, uh, the the massage parlor thing. What else happened? Mm. I think it's a mixed bag of like same thing, kind of with uh with you know what was going down you know during the pandemic through kind of like the blm responses to certain things right it might have been things that had happened a year ago two years ago right but it it was something else was happening at the same time right something bigger or whatever it might even been some you know police shootings might have been happening so there were just incidents and things that have been occurring um that have you know based off incidents that have happened recently where now you're just kind of like opening the bag of like what's been going on for for over a period of time so there's things that are very recent like within a couple days if i'm not mistaken um or you know reported within a couple days or the incidents made public on a certain day but it might have been something that took place a a, a while before similar kind of how we learned out about some of these shootings right like we didn't know you know this brother got shot this happened in february or maude aubrey right like we didn't know that happened until until months later um, so I say it's a mixed bag in that sense, but it's basically, 
you know, random acts of violence against, you know, Asian folks of an older kind of ilk, you know, um, from all from the whole spectrum, you know, Chinese, Vietnamese, uh, Thai, like, you know, the whole spectrum of folks. Um, and it seems to be like. It is it's 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 the the Asian community is coming together and framing it right and kind of putting everything into one spot and you know rightfully so the same thing we kind of did with black lives matter police shooting and stuff like that put a frame on it you know so we can all operate off the same thing everything's included but even with like black lives matter and now the the the, the uh aapi kind of movement it's almost like america as usual you know what i'm saying like that was my kind of piece like this has been something that america has been you know has been happening for an extended period of time across many groups of people right and it's only until it gets to a point where a group comes together and say look we finna frame this um and put a title to it in these days and age we put a hashtag to it and it, it encompasses all these different things so it is something like a random act of violence it may be something that's like a domestic situation right it may be something that's a uh, a racial kind of epithet type situation or it may be something as violent and as ruthless as the you know the shootings that took place in Atlanta but it's all kind of getting bundled together under this one banner and it's it's like it's the the unfortunate part is like it happens in like every community you know if you step back and mm-hmm. look at it like you got AAPI happening in the Asian community at the same time you still got BLM happening right in this community right um, and it's like we're we're both we're minorities in the space, but we're you know together we're tens of millions of people. You know, I want I I, I hesitate to say hundreds of millions because I don't want to you know uh, step too outside my statistical uh, understandings. But I mean, it's tens of millions of people groups dealing with you know just violence in America, and it feels like this is the American way. You know. Do you think that some of this is stemming or at least bubbling to the surface because of the political unrest? I mean, if you if you think about it, there, there, there's still half of our country that's pissed off about the election. And those are the same people that listened to a president who basically stood up there and blamed coronavirus on China, blamed, called it the, the China flu or whatever he was calling it at that point. Do you think there's any of that that's kind of bubbling up and due to kind of that? which was started, you know, before before the election and, and kind of has just continued to, like, sur- come to the surface? I mean, I, it's, it's, it's that. I think that's a motivation. There are some historical motivations, right? America has been uh, specifically, specifically we, we know the black history of America, right? But even less, mm-hmm. what's less known is the Chinese history in America. And then you, you bundle in the other kind of Asian groups, they're a part of that Indian. Uh, when I say Indians, like actual like Indians from India versus kind of like indigenous folks, the the Chinese history in America is vicious, right? It's 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 in certain in certain capacities on par with the black experience in America, right? Marginalization, uh, uh, literal laws that were passed, like and like full on, not even something like secretive, maybe in this part of America or nuance like Jim Crow laws or something like that, like just straight out blatant, like anti-Chinese laws. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's been like, they've been dealing with that 
systemically in America since they first touched, literally since they first touched. And it was like, you know, Asians came or specific, and I speak, I say specifically Chinese because that's who it was specifically. Right. There were other groups kind of coming in and out, but specifically Chinese came in to kind of take the place of, you know, slaves, you know, but it was more indentured servancy. Right. Yeah. It was more less about farming and maybe more about building out infrastructure and stuff like that, mining and stuff like that. Right. So you think of the gold rush, um, you think of the Eastern, you think of the railroad, you don't really tie that with slavery. Right. But at the same time, too, it's tied into like brutality and, and, and oppression of like Asians. Right. And in, in, in certain cases, indigenous and Native American folks. So they've been dealing with it historically for a while. Right. Um, and as, as it kind of comes today, it's, it's just again, it's part of this American tradition. That's why I say it's America as usual. Hashtag America as usual. Right. Because it is this out even outside of Trump. There's this you know, sense of uh, inferiority, you know, supremacy. And it did what, what makes this really interesting in a horrible way is that the perpetrators, um, the, the perpetrator of the shooting in Atlanta was a white, was a white dude. Right. But the perpetrators mm -hmm. of, of like the guy who pushed the, the old man down, I think in the Bay area, there's a video now that just surfaced that is uh, this dude kicking this, kicking this woman uh, in the streets, I think in New York, um, they black, you know, yeah. and or for all, you know, looking at the footage, they're black. Right. And it's just like. Even black folks are susceptible to the racism aspect of it. Right. And and the, the, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and if it's not and if it's not race, it's that picking on the picking on the picking on the, the least, yeah. the, the weakest. Right. Picking on the old. Mm -hmm. And when you think of Trump's movement. Trump wasn't just a bunch. His movement wasn't just a bunch of white people, right? There's black conservatives. There's folks who Surprisingly, are, surprisingly, you yeah. know, like full on for it. I follow him on Twitter, on, on Instagram, so I know that they're there. Like that's part of his piece, and they follow that rhetoric. You know, they follow that kung flu rhetoric. They follow all that whole piece, and yeah. they're not trying to sort out and detail it objectively. They're buying into again that America as usual kind of supremacy talk. Um, those people are less than us, et cetera, et cetera. The other aspect of it is, is that there is a history of conflict to a certain degree between black folks and Asian communities. And when you're in these segregated places and it's, you know, all for one, one for all type situation, um, where there is that kind of seam of difference and, and divide between these communities historically, um, whether they w it was meant to be that, like that intentionally or growing up together, growing pains, trying to, you know, conserve your your traditions, cons conserve your uh, your practices, your outlooks and your ways of life um, versus these other folks trying to do the same thing, all competing for that American dream. Right. Like mine over yours, et cetera. So there's those aspects of it as well. But I've seen it throughout the pandemic, just talking to people and, you know, some have come up about Asians and it's just super racist. Right. And I was like, damn, you know, and even me facing it where, you know, my business partner's Chinese. Um, I got business in Hong Kong. Um, I've, I've as a black man going to China to learn martial arts, me coming from the martial arts, you know, being raised in kind of a martial tradition where, you know, I learned how to count in Japanese before I could count in English type situations relating to that culture, having an appreciation for that culture. But people come at me. You know what I'm saying? Like you trying to be like you Japanese, but in a race, like racist way. You know what I'm saying? Like you work, you playing with your yeah. swords. That ain't your traditions, right? You, you trying to be like them. Yeah. Why you caping for these Asians? And I've seen that early in the pandemic and now. So, I, you know, I, I'm sorry for, for ranting, Royce, but it's like, uh, 
you know, that's real. It's not in everybody, but it's there. Right. And it's like, so that's why I'm speaking, you know, for to my peoples, you know, like, you know, put that aside, you know, don't fall into that. But but what's interesting about what you said is right in our society right now. Right. As kids are growing up, they're learning about slavery. They're learning about kind of the hardship that black America went through. Right. We don't ever talk about. Asian America. We don't ever talk about like the same. I, that's kind of interesting. I never really thought about that. We when is that's never spoken about. What do you mean? Why, like in school? If, in school? In any? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if 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 my kids were to come in here right now and you kind of talk about slavery, you talk about like you know, they would know enough about about kind of the the struggle that African Americans, Black Americans have had to a certain degree. Granted, they're white kids, right? But they know they at least have been exposed to that. I don't think they would have any clue if I said, well, what about kind of Asians in America mm. and what they went? They wouldn't even know what I was talking about because whoever, whoever talks about that, I've never actually even heard of anybody say anything about that. You think we should add that to the curriculum? I don't know. But I mean, I mean, I think to Lupe's point, right, they had a very similar path in our country than the African-Americans had. But yet, for whatever reason, it's not part of the story. Part of the story of America? Mm-hmm. Mm. At least, at least in the Almost main. in the same way that Native Americans aren't really... Uh, they're not a huge part of the story either. I mean, but the, 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 the kicker is like, there's still Native American kind of representation here, right? Even if it's just in title. True. So like the names of towns, True. like the like Chicago, you know, um, Illinois, yeah. the names of certain states. So there's still like it just, even if it's just in name. Right. Whereas mm -hmm. like there's not that you don't have that type of rep. You got like Chinatown. Right. And you might have a few Chinese yeah. restaurants here. There's a Chinese restaurant in every city. Right. But there's not a there's not a, a street named after like a Chinese person in every city. You know what I'm saying? There's no. not like it's not in the it's not in the in the mainstream. Right. Um, or Asian Americans in general, right? Like they have to be exceptional, exceptional, right? It's just not standard. Um, one, because they're, they're immigrants, they're migrants to it. Um, and there is that kind of white dominance over the title of things and stuff like that. But I think from, from our point of view, learning about slavery in terms of putting in a curriculum, we have a, talking about black folks, we have a like, we need to move from like struggle, our struggle first is cool. Like, I, I understand that. I can I can articulate that. But we we can't be our struggle only. Right. And I think yeah. that's why sometimes some of these narratives of other folks that have suffered comparatively um, or have have similar uh, paths uh, in this nation, just like us, um, it get it, it gets kind of like toned down because it's like our struggle only. Right. And the same thing on the on the on on the Asian side of the thing, it becomes our struggle only. You know what I'm saying? If white people, our struggle only, right? Our only only, as opposed to like, look, our struggle first, but then yours next, and then you know this because I my struggle first because this is what I know, right? And once yeah. I hope when I get to a level of being able to solve mine or at least compartmentalize mine, if I can't solve it. Then I could start to process about learning yours. 
But if the mentality is like my struggle only, so yeah, we're going to give you time to come in and speak your little piece. We're going to give you your little five minutes, but then you got to get the fuck on, right? Um, I think it needs to be like some equal platforming so people can come out and tell their stories and, and genuinely listen, you know, genuinely want to be able to learn from it and solve from it. Uh, and solve, use that knowledge that you learn to try and help solve the issues that they're facing, right? Because at this, at this point in the way we're going, you know, we're, we're tied into this tornado of violence and the way kids are learning, they're learning my struggle only versus my struggle first. Right. Or yeah. I'm good. I'm actually, I'm actually cool. You know, as a black man in America, in my position, I'm cool. Right. Physically, personally. Right. So I can take some time to be like, okay, now your struggle, right. Your struggle first. Right. Because I'm good. Everybody ain't good. They still going to do me. But there needs to be a few representatives and folks who who are good to t and have learned their struggles to be able to go and inform and partner up with folks that are struggling through their things right now. So I know one of the main things that I advocate for when it comes to black people and the black experience in America is equality. So everybody falls under that banner. You know, what I mean, it's not just equality for black people, equality for everybody. We just seem to be the ones that when when it's time to dole out justice equally, we fall short. You know what I mean? So, I mean, man, I empathize with violence, senseless violence toward anybody. You know, mm -hmm. Asian people, white people, it don't matter. You know what I mean? Like, violence is violence. It's fucked up. You know what I mean? So, I definitely feel that. I definitely feel everybody coming together and having a voice against it. I'd love to know more about it, though. I'd love to do some some more research and just see. Like, I still can't p quite put a finger on, are they being attacked because because they're Asian by a certain group of people? Or is it because, maybe I just need to look into it, but I, I don't know. The um, what, what was the thing, the massage parlor thing? Was that like a, was it, was it said that that's like a racially fueled thing? Or was that just like another, another one of those mass shootings that just happened to be a massage parlor? Mm. Or was think, it because it was an Asian-owned massage parlor, or did we get those details? I think it's. I think that's tricky too, right? Because it, it's tragic in two ways, right? When you think if it, if he was doing it, it, who do you believe? Do you believe the shooter, or do you believe yeah. the shot, or do you believe the people that are are observing it, right? And what do you need to satisfy at the time? And I think it's the same thing that happens with police shootings with black po black people, right? It's like a, a choice, a, a array of people. Like, do you believe the cop? Do you believe the dude who got shot? Do you believe the people that were watching it, that were actually witnesses on the scene? Or do you believe the lawyer who came in, you know, a, a, a month later to take up the case? Now, he he at the pedestal, you know, giving out his piece. Right. But he the same lawyer who did this case and that case. Right. So, you know, it's, it's trying to get it's getting folded into a bigger narrative. Right. But I think it's some case by case. But with that piece, what's so tragic about that is when you think of the dude saying it's like he got a sex addiction, right? Then the flip side is, okay, it's based on race. Because I think six of the people that got killed were Asian. I don't, I don't know the, the, the races of the other, the other folks, right? Um, they could be white. They could be black. Maybe you check it out, uh, Tom, and see what, what, if you can. Yeah. Um, here's why that's double tragic. So if he did it because his race... Right. That's in itself is, a, is one tragedy based on race, 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 you know, hate crime. If he did it on some sex. 
then then it's a a, a definitely a less tragic narrative but but you know Asians are sex workers you know the massage parlors where you go get the rubbing tug and so all Asians good for is like sex and rubbing tug you feel me so it's it's double tragic in terms of how it was framed at the end of the day it's like they human beings you know who didn't deserve to go out like that who wanted to live their life you know so I think it's 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 weird in that in that space but there's some where it's just the petty violence it, it seems like it's a random attack uh, some definitely have a hint of like you know Asian one thing like why you drop kicking an old man like why you just gonna walk up and push what no matter what color they is they white black like what what type of shit is that you know so is it somebody picking on old people picking on weak people right and no that that community's just most exposed and most vulnerable right so I mean it's a mix but at the end of the day I think the same way how you know the the black community wants at least kind of one narrative heard like stop doing this to us for whatever the reason is, I think it's the same kind of shout that's happening from the Asian community. No matter what the 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 the, the provable evidential motivation are, like stop this shit. It's funny that this the, in the in the Atlanta case specifically. I mean, again, who do you believe? But the shooter came out and said it was basically about the fact that he he was addicted to sex and wanted to eliminate anything that was basically a vice and that 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 so but again who do you believe it was six of the eight were asian and then there was a hispanic and i can't find who the other person was but um i don't know what do you believe but back to the asian thing there's also a lack of knowledge right like if you think about it we talk about in in history books like women's rights like when women were allowed to vote for the first time we understand when black people are allowed to vote for the first time. I can I have no idea the history of of the Asian American. When were they allowed to vote? Were they ever not allowed to vote? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure that was only black people. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was only I, black. People. I just you might be right, but I just have no idea because it's something we never even talk about. I mean, you could Google like there was the there was the anti kind of Chinese policy that was like the Bill of Rights. Like, you ever read the Bill of Rights? Not the Bill of Rights, I apologize. The Declaration of Independence. Like, the whole thing. Where they specifically, like, you know, savages and, you know, like, it's it when you get toward the bottom of it, you know, and they start listing out, like, this is what we're trying to do with this specific group of people. I mean, it gets very visceral real quick. And I'm sure it's the same in that, that uh the kind of anti-Chinese bill that was kind of passed. I was looking back to what you were kind of saying before. The only thing we kind of know is the discrimination against them when certain events have happened in history, right? Right. If you think about Pearl Harbor, right, all of a sudden there were camps all over the United States where Asians were imprisoned because of Pearl Harbor, which so, is kind of getting to that, that point. But So here it is. It's, that the, up. it's the Chinese Exclusion Act, right? It banned Chinese women from immigrating to the United States. Uh the Chinese Exclusion Act was the first and remains the only law to have been implemented to prevent all members of a specific ethnic or national group from immigrating uh, to the United States. And, uh, I mean, we can go through it. We ain't got the time, but, you know, if you want to go through it and look through, like, what all that bills entails, it lasted for 30 years. Uh, it caused uh, this. – I'm just reading off the Wikipedia real quick. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just, just bounce back through it. So there's been things, you know, that have been done – you know, that, you know, they got a case, <laughs> you know, they definitely got a case of what, you know, how they were treated by this, by this country. 
and then what the rhetoric was that surrounded that, you know, and from films to movies, things that we just take casually as being like, yeah, you know, so, you know, Sambo, Aunt Jemima, you know, things that we kind of take uh, old episodes of Tom and Jerry, right? The way black people were presented and represented, you know, had the same thing, if not even stronger in the Chinese community, right? Because the features, like, they they got big buck teeth and they got, you know, they all walking around with, with ponytails and they, they speak like, ha, 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 right? All that racist shit, yeah. right? That we was just consuming. It's like, oh, okay, that's, it's just funny, you know? But they, it was got, just funny. Nobody, uh, yeah. But you got Chinese people sitting there suffering in silence, you know, and Asian folks trying yeah. to suffering in silence. And I want to segue real quick into uh, the the the, the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, George Floyd case. Right, it's somewhat relative because when you think about how race relations are sometimes framed for two communities on a macro level, um, I think about the case of the little girl that was shot in the head by a uh, Korean stoner. Um, in LA that that was tied in to uh, the Rodney King case right um, and it was just kind of like this no justice no peace like where does that come from type sentiment where you had people that were you know they didn't necessarily whether the, the the police officers beat their cases right but you know there was it was still adjudicated in a very sh- weird strange way where it felt like justice wasn't served where you had this young girl who was shot in the head um, by this Korean stoner because she she felt like the girl was trying to steal something and there was a little altercation and something that had happened and uh, in that moment she shot the, she shot the girl in the back of the head uh, and it just created this fury rightfully so right right righteous indignation but when it went through the system and got into the courts right it was done in such a way and the process was presented in such a way that it just created like you know, it was resp- that incident and the incident with Rodney King is what was responsible for the riots in 1992 in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Right. Those p- those court cases. Right. So the incidents happened and then it was it was like, OK, we're going to come to terms with this. But, you know, we waiting on this this legal justice or how the justice system is going to handle it. And it was kind of mishandled. There's these miscarriages of justice. Right. Um, and it, the city exploded, you know, like it, it was on fire literally on fire still repercussions of it kind of up to this day and the asian community was uh the korean community was attacked but all the communities were attacked there was you know black community black you know once it became you know no the 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 demons were let loose so to speak everybody kind of took a l on it right um but you've seen like a narrative building of this tension between these two communities right the asians and the blacks Mm -hmm. right uh, crystallized in that moment when they, when they shot that little girl and what made it what made it crazy is the woman got off had like probation the the judge was white was white lady it was she it was real real strange look into the case um for, if y'all want to check it out but it brings me back to kind of like what felt like redemption in in uh in uh what's his name the golfer the football player oj simpson O.J. Simpson, right? yeah. So you seen O.J. Simpson was kind of looked at as redemption, right? Justice mm-hmm. for for those two kind of miscarriages of justice. So his him getting off was kind of like celebrated the whole thing. And the reason I bought the the yeah. the, the uh, George Floyd case because I remember the O.J. Simpson case was on TV, right? Like on like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember if it was all the channels, but I remember watching that like it was a TV show. I remember stopping <laughs> what I was doing. I was in college. And everybody in the cafeteria stopped to watch the verdict. 
right? What like sitting watching the, watching the case, you know, like day to day, it's yeah. all on the news, to, you know, all day long. They covering the OJ Simpson case. You in the court, you in the trial, you seeing it happen piece by piece by play by play by play. And I'm wondering if th- this generation that's going through the George Floyd piece, um, it, it has that same sense of kind of like immediacy and pertinence um, and importance of this particular case, and I have that same kind of energy around it. Just, just I just want to throw those two things out there. I think we got one. We got one for every generation. We always got one, at least. You know what I mean? And it don't usually work out in our favor, at all. The OJ trial. I don't know, man. I don't know if I. I don't know if I. Oh, I followed every minute of that. I, I can remember I, every minute of it. You don't remember the even in the uh, the Bronco, the white Bronco. I mean, that was before the trial, obviously. But I remember that. I yeah. mean, we all remember that, right? I was sitting watching. I know, I know exactly what I was doing. The Houston Rockets were playing in the NBA, and they literally stopped the game to go over to the to the to the the, the chasing of the Bronco. There's a Chicago mm. connection to it because they were. Remember when he got on the plane and left? I think he had came to Chicago, and I remember they was like searching somewhere around the airport looking for a bag or something like that. It was strange. I think I think that's what, that's what it was, and he he went back. Um, but you were saying something, Royce. You 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 felt like. Do you feel that like, you know, like, for the OJ case, comparing it to like the George Floyd case, do you feel like that the, the. The consequences are the same, you know, that if 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 Derek Chauvin get let go, you might see the same type of response that that didn't happen in the OJ case. Right. Like if oh, they were like, if uh, it was almost like sentiment, if OJ don't get off, we going back to riding. You know what I'm saying? Like we finna go crazy again. Do you feel like that's at stake with the uh, with George Floyd case? People were threatening to riot if OJ didn't get off. Oh, yeah. I remember people threatening the riot if Rodney, if 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 the the police who beat up Rodney King didn't get um, found guilty. Mm. I remember that. I don't remember. I don't remember us. I don't remember us threatening violence over OJ. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think there was a lot of tension around that. But what it what it was was like I see the connection was kind of being made. You know that OJ was the justice for the injustice of Rodney King, right? In the court system, right? Yeah. And the injustice for the little girl. That's kind of how the, the OJ case was kind of get framed. I, I don't, I mean, I could see that with some folks. Like I said, I don't think it was like in the black mainstream. Yeah, I don't, I like didn't, that. I didn't see that. Cause I don't, very rarely do I see an eye for an eye in the black community, only amongst each other, mm-hmm. you know, but when it comes to like what we're, what we're um advocating for, it's always just equality. You know what I mean? Like it's always just asking for the right thing. I don't, I, I don't, maybe I just didn't hear my parents on that tip like that or something. Mm. I don't know. I never seen the eye for an eye thing when it came to the OJ thing. I remember people being surprised that he got off because a lot of people may have felt like he was guilty allegedly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But and that's the thing. I think, but you oh. know, it's, it's not like, it's, it's not like, you know, it was more so like Malice Green, Rodney King. Mm. Um, you know, um, what's a, what's another one where it was like, okay, we're going to tear shit up. Like George Floyd, I could see people probably saying that even though, you know, we already tore up some shit already, you know what I mean? So, Mm. um, 
I guess we're just hoping that everybody's going to do the right thing. I just It's hard for me to compare it to the OJ case. But do you think this one – this one's a little different in that, I mean, this is bigger than just race. It started as race. But to me, George Floyd at this point is this, de- is this human decency. Mm. Right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, already, they're, already starting, I, they're already starting to, like, frame it a certain way. They're already saying that he had, like, fentanyl in the system at the mm. time of his no, death. No, 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 no. I'm saying – but I'm saying at this point, I don't think this is a black – white issue it started as a black white issue but i think at this point any rational person looking at this is like this guy can't possibly get off like, yeah i knew i knew I, I knew what you meant you know what Tom. i'm saying i was just saying i was just saying the reason why i said that was um to say that that's one of the things that i think they're gonna try and use to make him seem like not so yeah, good of a person it. because he yeah. had fentanyl in the system he's a drug user lord knows what he may have did at the time Whatever, whatever defense that they could possibly have, for them to just throw that out there at this juncture, it just lets me know, you know what I mean, that that's a potential angle. Mm. Candace Owens even with that went that direction. Mm. You know, like everybody's making this guy out to be some sort of martyr or some great guy. Nobody said he was a great guy. Nobody called him a martyr. You called him a martyr. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. we didn't call, we didn't say anything about who he is as a person. He's a human being. That's all we're saying. You killed that man in cold blood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And didn't care about it. And you are a, a, a public servant. You are somebody who's supposed to be an employee of the people. You're supposed to make us feel safe. You know what I mean? So and, and it's not like it's like it's not like somebody I'm I'm somebody who has an, an active dependency. Right. I'm an addict. I'm a addict. I'm a recovering addict. Mm. So am I a bad person? Am I a bad person? Like, am I am I am I bad just because I have I'm a disease? You know what I mean? Like, if he had a drug problem, what does that have to do with anything? What it, there's white people with drug problems, black people with drug problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I don't mean, know, man. I mean, you did have an album called "Bad Meets Evil." I mean, there's that. If I, if I was the prosecutor, <laughs> I'd be like, Deanna, he has an album called "Bad Meets Evil." Which one was evil? No. Um, I, the reason I the reason I compared it. Uh, Royce to, to the OJ case, not, not necessarily for the substance of the case, but just like how much of our cultural narratives have been defined by like court cases. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the either mm. what the case stands for or how much of our cultural narratives are based on the, how the case is going to be resolved, right? And the decisions that we make post case, mm. right? Um, and is that, do you, do you feel like, you know, cause some people felt like, yeah, OJ getting off. That's for everybody who who didn't get off, you know. That was definitely that. That's sentence, what. That's right? what. Right. Like that's for everybody who. Yeah. Got that's what happens. Such and such. Right. That, that's what happens. When, yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you don't. When you don't dole it out equally, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like when you when you when you make it when you, when you make it off balanced, you create division. Mm-hmm. You create you socially engineer a situation that's not even moral. It's not even moral to say. Yo, OJ better win or we going to tear this shit up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. because especially if you're looking at it and you feel like, damn, you look like he maybe mm, may have did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it's 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 almost getting to, it's to a point now where it's not even about right and wrong any longer, man. It's about like I like to think that I can walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can I can I try not to just subscribe all the way to a side. You know what I mean? Like I try to just look at things rationally. For what they are, right is right, wrong is wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? So 
I don't want to be on. I don't want to. I don't want it to be. You know, like the, the 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 black side versus the other side, whatever whatever that other side is. It's already multiple ethnicities in 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 America, and we finding a hard time living in harmony. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 based in so much corruption, based in so much corruption, and it's almost like we just all become like collateral damage. Mm. You know, and then now. You have groups of people pointing at other scorn groups of people and asking them to do something where everybody may not have the strength to do that. Mm. Black people may not have the, the, the free arm to lend you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. you got to take that in consideration, too. You know, and, and, and as far as being empathetic, man, like we um, we we're all empathy. You know what I mean? Like we're all empathy, but some of us are just broken. You know what I mean? So mm. I can kind of see I can kind of see it f- for that. You know what I mean? And it takes. It takes to have like close Asian friends and shit like that. It's, of course, you, Lou, you you got, I got, of course. You know what I mean? So it's like we we've been in the record industry, and we like man. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on one second, y'all. Hold wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. I have a question. <laughs> I got. I got. I have a question, Royce. <laughs> What'd you say? I can't. Do wait you this. do you have the clapper, or <laughs> no? I was trying. Do you, or you have nah, servants motion, motion. like that are watching you. No, 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 no. Communicate with the no, service. bro, bro, bro. No motion detector, motion detector, motion detector. I was trying to make, I was trying to make noise. You know what I'm saying? So the shit will come back on. I don't know why. Why they just went out? Oh, I must have. I must have went. I must have went. I must have went a long time without moving. I thought I was moving around. Yeah. No, nah, but you were saying like people who have close agents. Yeah, but we both right? we like, we both in the yeah we in the record business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we have the we had the privilege, the privilege, and I say the privilege to be able to meet people and actually establish real friendships with people of other ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And I think about the, the people who are like like you said earlier marginalized, you know, like to just their to just their group in, in a small in a small little community. So you got these small communities, and then you got let's say. Asian people who actually own things within those communities, mm-hmm. you know, so like, um, you know how you were saying, like the Asian people don't get like streets, they get towns. Mm-hmm. We don't get a town. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. try to get a town, they burn our town down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so there's always a, there's always a, 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 a retort, you know what I mean? But I, I'm, I'm, I'm more prone to lean to agreeing with you. Like it's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's got to start. At some point, we all got to put our grievances aside and be strong, and it's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I, I kind of feel about it. You're listening to the Lupe and Royce Show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce the Five Nine, and Tom Frank. The Lupe and Royce Show is a production of Say What Media. Have you thought about hosting your own podcast but don't know where to start? Working with Say What Media is like having your own personal producer, editor, audio engineer, and distributor all in one place. From equipment recommendations to engineering and distribution, Say What Media handles the boring details so you can focus on saying interesting stuff. Get started at saywhat.media. You're listening to the Lupe and Royce Show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce the Five Nine, and Tom Frank. I worked with Little Nas X for the Super Bowl um, a couple months ago, and you—I'm I'm assuming you've seen to, this I'm about latest, to close my computer, bro. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, the latest controversy here is—is kind of crazy. You're trying to get this computer closed on you, ain't you, Tom? I, I was curious as people that 
in the Let me music tell you business. something. Let me tell you something. I don't know how nobody feel about it. I don't do the devil, bro. <laughs> I don't do I don't do the devil, bro. That's where I that's where I depart. I depart at the devil. <laughs> that's exactly where I leave. As soon as you start talking about the devil and start being playing nice with the devil, you're done. I'm out. I don't uh, play with so, the devil, bro. Okay, so, so here's this, Royce. Cause I, you know, I, I came up Muslim, right? I mean, we talked mm-hmm. kind of about your religious upbringing uh, last show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Tom, you, you, the Catholic, right? Kind of came up through that. Right? Christian, yeah, Catholic, yeah. Okay, so you know, even me being Muslim, you know, planning on fasting, doing Ramadan, doing that whole piece, right? I don't really believe the devil exists. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really believe that. You know, and it's weird dealing with it because it's one thing to have your religion. It's another thing to have like science and it's another thing to be to get older. Right. And certain stories mm-hmm. that people used to tell you when you was a kid, you know, because now you telling people certain stories. Right. To mm-hmm. keep people in mm-hmm. line or whatever. Right. Um, we do it professionally. Right. Royce. And so mm-hmm. and Tom, you do it, too. You telling people you are telling people stories and, you know, creating myths around products and stuff like that. Um <laughs> So I don't at the core I don't believe it. Right? Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 caught two ways. One, I'm not a I don't really take seriously when people invoke it. Cause I don't think it's real. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. substance mm-hmm. from a from an objective standpoint, it doesn't really have no weight in this world. In and of mm-hmm. itself. But subjectively, it's weird because it's like Am I being kind of like religiously, religiously intolerant? You know what I'm saying? Because there's people who pray to the devil, right? Like there's mm-hmm. Satanists and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they practice all type of crazy. There's a church of Satan and stuff like that. Um, and is it me saying, man, that don't exist? Is that the same? Like, like be somebody coming into the mosque or coming into a Catholic church, like, man, God don't exist. Jesus wasn't real. You know, exist. I don't know, man. Cause it's, it's, it's to me. To me, I don't think, because I don't really subscribe to that devil that you're talking about either, Lou. Mm. Like I don't subscribe to that devil either. It's a, it's a, it's a proverbial evil. There's a, a darkness. Temptation. Yes, there's a darkness that I think it's not cool to play into, even if you're mm-hmm. doing it in a fucking obligatory sort of way, and you're just being a dumbass little kid. You know what I mean? Like I don't like that shit, man. Like I, 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 I think there's an evil that exists within the universe, mm. and I think it's right here with us. You know what I mean? Like you could pick a side. I think when you do shit like that and you plan with having a huge platform and you plan with the message that you convey amongst the masses, that's wrong. I, I, I check out. I check out at that point. I've done enough. I've done enough wrong with my platform. I don't want. I'm not about to sit <laughs> and listen to little not. Uh, Watch Lil Nas X have sex with the fake devil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't like that shit is crazy I, to me, bro. I find it wrong for a different reason, though, because he built kind of his. He built who he is based on an audience that was probably ranging from the age of what? 18 to 12. Right. Those younger are the only that. people who listen with that record. With Maybe younger than that. Right. Man. Yeah. Old time I guess my problem with it is less about what he did and the fact that his audience, the audience that was waiting for that to come out is an audience that should not see that in my opinion. And that was my problem with it. Really? I, I think it was just, really? what about, yeah, what about, I, what about, what about all of the, all of the things 
associated with that satanic symbol that's on the shoe? Like, what about, are we looking at casualties that are associated with that? Have, like, people really been sacrificed? Is that is that really a thing? So here's the kicker with that, right? Here's the kicker. Here's the, so this is why I'm Like a Charles Manson on the forehead? But this Charles is, Manson on the forehead. But yeah, he had a swastika sticker on his forehead. But the thing oh, right, with Charles right, right, Manson right, right, right. And, and the swastika yeah. sticker is the swastika sticker actually is still being used as a symbol of fortune and good luck, right? It just happens to be in the <sighs> context of Nazis. But the swastika has been mm. used by Native Americans, Buddhists, Indi- like across the world to this day, thousands of years before, if I'm not mistaken, thousands of years before. Um, the Nazis, correct me. Yeah, no, I got it wrong. I was thinking, I was thinking Manson had the thing. With, with, with the, the pentagram, the, the, what right? is it? The, what is it called? The, like the, 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 the star, yeah. some the, kind of star or something? The pentagram, right? But here's the, here's the kicker yeah, pentagram, with that right. though, right? When you think of human sacrifice and stuff like that, right? Here's where it gets even weirder and, and, and more interesting with this case. And I got, I got one piece as it relates to hip hop because he ain't the first one to do this at oh, all. Oh, not at all. Right? No, 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 no. So, the, the piece about like symbolism and human sacrifice, Christianity is based on human sacrifice, right? Is it the, the core and the tenet of the religion <laughs> yeah. is Jesus on the cross dying, sacrificing himself for the sins of the world, right? That's human sacrifice, right? When you think of something like, uh, mm-hmm. communion on the Catholic side of things, right? What is communion, right? It's transubstantiation. What is transubstantiation, yeah. right? That the one of the, one of the rites, or uh, if you want to call it, you know, the Catholic Church believes in magic, right, Tom? Like they believe in magic. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of one of the one of the I don't know if you know this, Royce. One of the powers that like priests are supposed to have is the ability to, when you do communion, that the wine, when you drink it, turns into blood. Is in your in yeah. your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it mm-hmm. really turned not like it's a symbol, a metaphor like this is bl- it, it trans that called it transubstantiation. Right? It is the blood it of Christ. It is the blood yeah. of Christ. And this right. is the body of Christ. When they give you the, the, the communion cracker, yeah. right? the viatical food is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got white. We got white bread. Right. There- <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, I'm, just, I'm serious. But behind, <laughs> but behind like the metaphor, there's one folks who just look at it as a metaphor. Right. I'm partaking in the, in the mm-hmm. blood, the sacrifice. But it's human, you're eating, it's cannibalism, right? To a degree, it can be framed as that and, and validly that that's your essence. It's, it's a presentation of an act of cannibalism. But then also mm-hmm. the priests really believe <laughs> that it turns into blood, right? Like that, that turns into blood in your body. So, and think how many churches, whether they, they ain't got to be Catholic. How many churches that are non-Catholic that still practice something like communion or something like that, right? Some aspect of it, right? Yeah. Um, bathing in the blood of Jesus, things of that nature, right? Um, wash me in the blood of Jesus, you know, all of these, these, these things. A lot of the, the, the weird part is a lot of this satanic stuff was invented by like the religious by- sects, right? Like they, the first time you heard of the devil was from some Christians, right? The first time I heard of jinns, these demons was from Muslims, right? It's like, man, I don't believe in that, right? So even the, these things that we look at and quote unquote demonize, it's crazy, right? They come from the same people who supposedly supposed to be fighting against it and they practice it themselves. So, uh, uh, heretics were burned at the stake, like skinned alive, boiled alive. The Spanish Inquisition was real. 
right? There's other examples. If you look at um um uh, what what was the piece I had? If you look at like Mayans and like uh uh Aztec, well Aztecs and stuff like that, these 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 older kind of Mesoamerican societies, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, they practice blood rituals and and all kinds of sacri- human sacrifice and sacrificing virgins. The crazy part is they would capture a like enemy soldier, right? And for a year, they would treat him like a god, right? So he would become before they, yeah. for real. And this was real talk. He yeah. would be like a god. They would dress him up in the, the 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 costume, and he would be carried through the community as a living god. And then they would sacrifice him, <laughs> right? Hell of a so life. <laughs> there, there's that piece, Royce. Like even in that, like you know, symbols and you know, human sacrifice and human blood, like even the people that I, you know, from a religious standpoint that are critiquing Lil Nas X, when they go to church on Sunday, I mean, they praying, they praying in front of a man nailed to a cross with blood coming out of it. Well, you know, like it's, 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 I look at it like this. If it was like, um, something religiously that he felt he has the right to express and he wasn't being given that right. And he's just fighting for that. That's one thing. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this is the case. This feels like this feels like um <laughs> this feels like shock value controversy. Well, you know what I'm saying? And 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 two and two along with very a very bad song. This song's not going down in history as anything. <laughs> no. But, but isn't isn't there two pieces to this? So, to me, there's a shock value, right? The shock value is how he rolled it out. Tons of views, thing, tons of views, a very, a very ugly shoe in a very, very bad song that Nike very bad is suing song. him right now. But, but they, but they the should just for the design. They're not, suing, they're not suing him. Just so we're, just so we're not spreading bad information. They're not suing him. They're suing Nike. I mean, they're suing the company that they're suing the company. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. the song itself, right? It isn't, it's less about, isn't it really, but basically what he's saying is to all the people that say me being gay means I'm going, I'm going to hell. Isn't that kind of what he's ultimately saying? He's saying that I listen, think that's I think that's his damage gay. I think that's his damage control statement in response to a fucking is? tweet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's responding to a tweet with a whole fucking rollout and a fucking devil worship song. But, but Royce, but Royce, peep this, right? Why aren't we giving little Nas X the or projecting onto him or giving him the benefit of the doubt? conceptually and creatively that we give each other of our ilk, right? Us kind of rapidly rapper. I just MC, gave it to him. Right? I just gave it to him. I, t- I said the song is garbage. No, man, stop it. Just cut it out. That's not what I'm talking about. I, ju- I, I judged it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not objectively. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> why can't it be what, what Tom said, right? A very intentional conceptual response to can. A, a thing that he received and he he i mean the song okay, might I still wind up being garbage but bro i didn't bro i didn't say i didn't say he can't he can't do the song i said that's where i exit you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i don't feel like i have to agree with it you know what i'm saying like but the shit if you want to know what i think about it, it the song sucks mm. you know what i'm saying i think it was a horrible idea i think mm. it was the beginning of the end of his career 
Mm-hmm. And then he'll see why, looking at it in retrospect, all money isn't good money, all press isn't good press. Mm-hmm. He just went a he just went a wrong direction. But, his, but his, I mean, he's 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 more than entitled to do whatever he wants to do. I'm not here to stop him, right? For sure. Here's here's, here's I want the kid. I want the kid to be successful. I want what's best for him. But I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like. I wasn't. I'm not a fan of it. Here, here's why that. Here's why that's a little crazy. Not saying what you said was crazy, but here's what. Not you specifically, but that that point that this may potentially be the end of his career, right? Mm-hmm. Only because this country has those standards, right? That are kind of like um, these paradoxes, these oxymorons, right? Like you can praise. You know, your particular version of divinity and your particular version of human sacrifice and your particular version of commercialism and your predict particular versions of shock value and all this other stuff and get uh, get Golden Globes for it, get Oscars for it. Right. You you got literal mm-hmm. actors who've played the devil. Right. Like Al Pacino mm-hmm. actually played the devil and was killing yeah. people and calling getting people to commit suicide and all having sex and all type of crazy shit. Right. And he was mm-hmm. applauded for it and given all type of pieces and blah, 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 right? But when you get somebody mm-hmm. like Lil Nas X, right, who who does something, when I, when I say something similar, just in terms of theatrics put on stage, put on the screen, pushed out to people, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the end of his career. It's, he's going, it's, no, yeah, he's because, definitely going to hell. Because like, Lupe, Lupe, a part, of, a part of artistry, a part of good artistry is your ability to read the room. That's all. Bro, it ain't time for all that. Maybe we may get to a point. <laughs> maybe we may get to a point in the music space where you know that's like the regular run of the mill shit. You got to ease us into it, baby. It was just too much. It's just too much, man. I shouldn't be watching your video clutching my fucking pearls, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I should be going. Oh my, this is this is really like. You know, like my fucking skin was crawling, man. It was like, bro, he just went, he didn't do it. It wasn't a good execution. He went too far. It was too, it was just too, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like when you do a punchline and, you know, you rapping to a girl. Yeah, you do rapping to a girl on your song and you got a punchline. You're not about to be like, I'm going to hit that pussy with my big dick in the pussy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to use some tact, baybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to buy me a drink first. Buy Buy me a drink drink first, little Nas X. Then you can run a broomstick up my ass, right? Here's the here's here's nah, nah, that that's 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 it, it it just it just depends, you know what I'm saying? But a part of artistry, bro, it's a such thing as being ahead of your time. It's now, a such timing. thing as being before your time. For sure. Timing, you know, timing. like you have timing. to you have to know how to speak to the room, man. That was not the right thing to do, here, brother. Here, here, it just wasn't. Here's why I feel a little perturbed, right? I'm I'm probably not I'm be honest with you I'm probably not gonna watch the video I have not heard the song, and I don't of course you're not because it's whack it's not no, no, because no, no, you no. don't want him to have his his, his you don't want him that's, to have express I'm, himself it's, it's garbage that's why you're not gonna watch it again it's because I'm old Lupe right? if it was good if it was if it was ridiculous nah, we wouldn't have a choice that's that's not enough for me I don't have a radio I, my I don't the radio in my car don't even work I don't, but radio here works but anyway here's here's why I feel a little weird about it right is because true story and it's actually in a rap song right um i'll rap it just for just for folks to get a little experience of what they can get a little taste of the concert on the 15th right hmm. um um what is it i had a ghetto boy bop a jay-z boycott 
right? I had a Jay Z boycott mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he never because he said he never prayed to God. He prayed to God E. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking God Lee, God guard me from the ungodly. Right? But by mm-hmm. my 30th watching, the streets is watching. I was back to giving props again, and that was bothering. Right? About as uncomfortable as an untouchable touching you. The theme song that niggas hustled to same wrong, but these songs was coming true. Right? Mm-hmm. So I literally stopped listening to Jay Z. Right? That's on a song called "Hurt Me Soul." Um, on my mm-hmm. on my first album, Food and Liquor. Um, where I literally stopped listening to Jay-Z because of that. I was like super kind of like in, in quasi religious at the time. I was, you know, in my mm-hmm. Muslim phase, little kid being real enthusiastic about it with teenager. And I remember listening. I was like, man, I can't listen to this. Right. Like I can't listen to Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z has a song on his first album called The Evils. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's D apostrophe E V I. You know, I know. Mm-hmm. Prem did it. And. Mm-hmm. It's 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 su- it's it's the Al Pacino, right? It's Al Pacino in uh, well, you, well I forgot the name of that movie. Um, Goodfellas, Scarface. No, with no, Keanu Reeves. No, where no, he, plays he plays the devil. The devil. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Um, when they was in the elevator and all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, that devil's it's advocate. Devil's, devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Keanu was the lawyer. That that part, right? It's that yeah. version of the devil, right? It's that version of evil, like the way Jay Z and but mm-hmm. he killing it, like he he killing mm-hmm. it. And Prem did the beat, so you know it's, it's murderous, right? Kill killing mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite songs, right? Just from a technical aspect, but it's it challenges you, right, to come to terms with your belief systems, right, and and question like what mm-hmm. are what is your capacity, and relate hip hop's relationship to that side of the fence, right? There, there's horrorcore, mm-hmm. especially in Detroit, right? You know, there's a lot of horrorcore dudes, um, who've made some records that are super kind of occulty. The reference points mm-hmm. are crazy, like, and mm-hmm. it, it comes across as very like, I don't want the same way. It's like, man, I don't want my kids listening to this, right? It's that mm-hmm. same energy of like what, what Royce is saying about clutching the pearls with this little Nas X video. What's like, man, I don't want my yeah. kids really listen. I don't think kids should listen to it. Maybe skip that track, go to the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm not DMX the same way with Damien, right? But he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he, I, he did a better job of it, I think, cause he was framing it as kind of like this battle, right? This thing trying to tempt yeah. him to do something and stuff like that. So it's different. But, you know, hip hop has engaged with the devil and Satan. And that stuff throughout, I don't want to say throughout its history, but for a long time. And some very top artists have dealt with it and executed it in, 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 in amazing ways. And in some ways, that literally stopped me from listening to it. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. So I'm a little mm-hmm. guilty of it. And I'm on both sides of the fence with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, he over-sexualized the video too, so. He, he's not the first, but he went, he went pretty far. He went over, he went over the top. Somebody wrote. This was a headline that it was like the gayest song of all time. Like it was like the gayest video of all time, which, which it, which it ain't, which it ain't. Shout, shout to my LGBTQ mm-hmm. folks out there, man. I ain't, I'm not passing no judgment, but the gayest video of all time still goes to Lil Red. You remember that Lil one? Red. Woo, man. Which, which one is that? Which Woo, one is that? shit. What was the song? What was the song? Oh my brother. I'm that that has to be banned on YouTube. Now that 
Now we giving Lil X. We not finna give Lil X props that he don't deserve, ladies and gentlemen. That is not. If you thinking that that's the gayest video of all time, it is not. The gayest rap music video of all time comes from Lil Red. <laughs> oh my what's brother! The name, huh? What's the name of the song? I think it's what's called. What's the name of the song? I never heard it. I think it's called "Pop That Boy Pussy." I think. Uh, see, see how that works. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're yeah. out, they out there in, they out there in <laughs> the front the you, but just the, the title alone. Google it. It's like little yeah, red. It's, it's... Like let me get I'd rather my... not. Throw I'm, I'm throw def- that boy pussy. Throw that boy. Yeah, throw that video. throw that boy pussy. There you go. Is that right? If you yeah. really want something that you I'm don't af- want that you don't even want to watch. I'm afraid to even I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even clicking on it. This is the company computer. I'm not doing that. Woo! Yeah, he didn't he didn't make that for me. I'm just saying though, you know, make that for me. People expressing their communities how they see mm-hmm. fit. So even as we throw around titles mm-hmm. of like it's too sexually explicit, it is this, that, and the third. Like, no, it ain't. There's some videos that have been made for artists representing representing the LGBT community where they they speak their truth. They like freaky shit. Then they're gonna put it on on the scene. Same way Nicki Minaj or or um uh, Cardi B talking about whap my wet ass pussy. I, then Lil Red shouldn't mm-hmm. handle problems with throw that boy pussy. Like, let's get it cracking. Right. So I think at a certain yeah, point, man, it, it, it little little Nas has a point. There's a lot of hypocrisy in the game and it's a lot he of ain't making. He's not really making a point, though. What point did he make? I mean, if I was speaking, it's not him, coming with a whole lot of narrative. Nah, he yeah. Was, if you was if you yeah, was, if was a PR there. person, you could make it sound a little better. But think about <laughs> this, though. The marketing people behind this. I mean, this was not coincidence that the, the, the he, he ain't saying shit or that the he shoes up got a crack re- a bunch of he just cracked sh- a bunch of jokes like a little kid and shit. But but the shoes Ooh. got released on what day? Your man, the shoes were released on Palm Sunday. Oh yeah, listen, okay. I, I I mean, it was all planned. Little Little Nas X not in that video by himself. He didn't hold the camera shooting him. This mm-hmm. ain't a selfie shot. Video. Oh yeah, it was a whole it's a, it's a whole. Crew. It was team, a lot of right? meetings. <laughs> the 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 phrase "devil worship" got. Got said uh, plenty yeah. of times in those boardroom meetings. And his, Everybody was aware. Here's the killer, Royce, and maybe maybe you could speak to this a little bit, right? Like as trivial as some of the shit that that comes out, whether it be hip hop or pop or whatever. When I'm talking about like trivial bullshit that comes out, right? As much as we kind of take it as being like, oh, this is just some dumb, ignorant Negro bid music or whatever. The conversations and the and the caliber of the folks that are behind pushing and creating and marketing oh, and, yeah. and strategizing those things, that's some high level, like fucking Ivy League level conversations and shit that be going down, man. Like it ain't just some I got this dumbass idea to do this thing. Like it eventually hits a few yeah. people more than a few, especially if it's on a major label, where there's some serious folks do, doing serious shit, having serious conversations about the ramifications, the execution, the response to that shit for real. Yeah, I mean, I I completely understand when um when there's like areas of discomfort for certain people with certain music and certain video certain music videos. It's like music should have that effect on people. You know what I mean? But just don't don't whine about it when you know when it, when, it, mm-hmm. when it's certain people certain groups of people that's not willing to look to watch that shit like mm-hmm. i personally don't want to look at shit like that just like i'm pretty sure like my mom she don't want to hear she don't want to listen to songs where i'm cursing too much on it that's just not what the fuck she feels like she doesn't want to listen to her son cursing all damn day mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like or you know like killing in videos and shit like that some people don't watch movies some people couldn't watch devil's advocate some people mm-hmm. 
couldn't watch, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Those kinds of depictions is too heavy for them. Maybe religious people, maybe whatever. You know what I mean? So it's understood. It's as long as you know who you're targeting. I can't really tell who this kid is targeting with this garbage ass mm-hmm. song. But it just looks like he's shooting. <laughs> it looks like he's shooting at controversy. He's shooting for controversy. Shooting That's him. what it looks like to me. You know what I'm saying? And I never like, I never like shit that's like super intentional going for controversy. I don't like super intentional anything in the creative space. I really don't. Hold on. Hold super on. intentional. Hold on. I'll be no, 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 no. Not things. No, listen. Not things that are controversial. Things that are intentional. Uh-oh. I don't like intentional commercial. Uh-oh. I don't like intentional. Where's he going? Where's he going, Royce? Where's he going with this? He about to come back and break my balls. I know he is. Here it comes. Before you start breaking my balls. Before you st- before you yeah. start breaking my balls, let me finish my point. What'd you say? Okay. Is, is anybody I, I said before you start breaking. Anybody want some? Start- <laughs> I want some. What are we talking about? Anybody want some? Oh man, want- yeah, he's a horrible dude, bro. Horrible friend. Horrible, horrible friend. <laughs> listen, 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 <laughs> listen. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like intentional anything. Listen to what I'm saying. Tell me, tell me if you feel the same way though. Intentional mm. commercial, intentional hip hop, intentional anything just don't sound right to me. You know what I mean? It's like mm. I don't like the shit where it seems like it's you're trying too hard. I like shit to just feel more organic. Maybe I'm just that kind of fan. No, listening. no, no. You, I, I agree with you. I think that there's what I do like is when the intention is about something that matters. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that. You know, Lil Nas X should have made a song about, you know, what it means to be gay. Right. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? And, and talk about, you know, trans, uh, trans, trans folks being murdered low key. You know what I'm saying? Talk about some of the trials and the tribulations and the struggle in that community. Right. Talk about, you know, camps that were made to pray the gay away. You know what I'm saying? And and some Mm -hmm. of the oppressions Mm -hmm. and things that took place with folks. Talk about, uh, the difference between gender and sexuality and, and all of these different things and, and, and help further the conversation to have the average folk be able to understand. Right. As that, opposed to, to, to me, that's how you stand. That's how you stand up to people. Right. You I like I mean? that. Like, ar- I, I articulate like, that shit. I like that intentionality, even if it's whack, even if it's going to be some garbage ass shit mm-hmm. and you don't know how to rap it. Right. But I think when people do that with intention, when they focus on, if you're going to focus on something controversial, you know, you know, just make sure it make sure it matter. You know what I'm saying? You know, just make sure it matter. You know, like talk about and to your point. You know, your homie. Look at what Britney Spears is going through right now, bro. You know what I'm saying? Look what some of these child stars and and folks go through. Tell that story. You know. Like Stan is Stan is Eminem's greatest record of all out of all of the shit he made, right? To me, it's his greatest record of all time because it stood. It meant something. You know what I'm saying? Like it was intentional. It spoke to something that people deal with. Where you had art, you had artists that were murdered by their fans. You know, you take you take somebody like John Lennon, right? It was killed by his fans, right? Uh, where that that obsession and that relationship between the artist and the fan and where that can go. And what you need to do yeah. to solve it, right? 
And that last verse was Eminem's greatest. I don't want to say his greatest verse of all time because on some rap shit he did. He got all type of crazy shit. But in terms of just like intentionality that matters, that instructs you how to how to take a situation and deal with it and work with it and talk that person through, but also showing the realities that shit's absolutely brilliant, you know. So, you know, I think hopefully Nas, I hope his career is not over. I hope that he learns that lesson. He at least he hears this, at least from from me. Right. Like. That's what I would like to see. Like you popping on the devil's ass, that don't mean shit, right? But niggas do pop. Bitches dress up like the devil at the strip club and go in there and stop popping their ass. So I mean, I'm not mad at you for that. But at the same time, too, bro, you know, if if that's the the aim you're gonna take and after critique that you're getting, then come back with the same well executed critique and response about something that matters. So the most important question of the night. Did the manager woman at Hotel Cecil murder that woman? What? Rush, did you he watch it? Did the manager about. woman at Hotel Cecil murder that woman? Mm-hmm. What is you he talking what? about, Lou? Shout to BetterHelp, man. Shout to, to shout to our sponsors, you know. Our sponsors that mean something, right? It means something. Mm-hmm. Proud to have BetterHelp as a sponsor. Because mm-hmm. what the show did for me... And what I what I did not like about the show, but I think it was less about the show. No, it's the show's fault too, right? As we as we now we now we sound like Joe Budden right now. Like, oh my God, it's become the Joe Budden podcast. We ain't talking shit about rappers. But what I say, what we say about rappers? You tell you call Lil Nick Nas X song garbage. He ain't no fucking rapper. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, what did you expect from a member of Slaughterhouse? What would you expect it was going to be? Um, what I didn't like about the show, Tom, honestly, was mm-hmm. that it 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 trivialized mental health. I didn't like that. It did. It I did. Didn't like, I, I would didn't agree like with that. you on that. I didn't like that at all. You did, you did not have to do that, right? I understand that they were trying to contextualize a lot of the YouTube kind of, you know, yeah. uh, mystery machine, Scooby-Doo type shit that was happening around her case. But at the end of the day, that's not, this ain't making of a murderer. Like, this ain't no crime drama. No, you know it, it was like, a mental health issue at the end of the this day. This is like mental health. And the way they trivialized it for the few episodes in the buildup, I was kind of like, you know, like, that's fucked up, you know, to, pre- to represent her to the world like that. They tried to clean it up at the end, and I think that they kind of did, right? Yeah. But... I think they trivia and that some of the folks in there who they who they interviewed, I think were real serious. But it just felt real. It felt like they was just playing with this woman's life and playing with mental health. It like felt like they duped you at the end because they did build it all up like something really, really crazy kind of happened. And then at the very end, they say, oh, by the way, she had these situations. So I, would I agree with you. I knew that she had an issue when they mentioned and this was weird because they. Because she had all this medication. Remember they said that at the beginning? Yeah. Like she left yeah. and she had this, she had this, but she had all this medication. I immediately knew like, oh, she had she had like a mental breakdown, right? Either she either she got some drugs, right? And was low-key low got into like some like some LSD or some shit on the street and, got, and was tripping out. Or she was having a, a, a psychotic break, you know, and all that medication mm-hmm. that they mentioned earlier. If they would just mention that she was on antipsychotics and antidepressants at the at the beginning of the show, it right? been you over. Don't, it's over. Why are you even doing this shit, right? So I felt like they pimped that woman's life, you know, and pimped that mental illness. 
and actually did somewhat of a of a, and tried to frame it as like Hotel Cecil's this haunted place and all these serial killers like niggas yeah. serial killers live next door that don't mean that the fucking house is eating souls like that shit was stupid so you know at the end of the day man I was really touched and kind of hurt by her story man like because I know folks that are out here you know having psychotic breaks they not on their medication uh but do you also think it was a bit it was the family's fault? Because I, I I felt like and again, we only saw what we saw, but the family really never gave that information to the investigators until much further nah, along. See, like why, why wouldn't they have come out that or do you think it was because of the way nah, they filmed it? That's or, the or way they that's the way they, that's the way they filmed it. So again, you gotta be careful yeah. how they frame shit, right? I'm sure when the police talk that's why the parents probably ain't say anything. Right. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. listen, our daughters, I I believe the call was, hey, our daughter is down in in L.A. Right. And she has a history of psychotic butter. And I'm thinking I'm I'm sure the detectives were like, is she on anything? Does she take any medication? Does she have this? She have a history of this. Does she have a history of that? So I don't think that didn't happen until the end of the fucking Hotel Cecil episode. Right. Yeah. Series, you think right? that's the way they frame it? I think yeah. that's the way they build it. And it, again, it, it makes it pimps it pimps her life. It makes the family look like they're who knows what they were trying to do. They were trying to talk to her every day. But when you're mm-hmm. dealing with somebody with mental illness, the crazy part is that's how Skid Row started. Right. It started off as give these people close down the mental asylums, kick everybody out of the asylums because now we got this medication. Right. So now that we've yeah. reached the state pharmaceutically where we can, these people can medicate and self-medicate, then give them their freedom. They grown. You don't keep changing people's diapers and, you know, doing all this other old shit. Let them free. Right. It's, it's inhumane to lock people in cages. Right. Now that, now that we got medication, send them out. Right. And that's what happened. And, but guess what happened? People stopped taking their medication. Right. And yeah. that's how it starts. Right. I can just give somebody. But at a certain point, it's real. There's there's people who manage their psycho, their their psychosis and their mania. Right. There's people who you work with who you probably don't even know that are full blown schizophrenics. Right. But they're able to or or uh, mania, bipolar, whatever. Right. But they're able to manage able to control it. Right. And live a live a live a life. They might have breaks. They might have little gaps and stuff like that. You know, changing dosages and stuff like that. Um but people manage, you know, and I think if anything, I hope hopefully her story gets people to be more in tune and more sensitive to, you know, the, the mental health situation in our country would inspire stuff like that. But also, you know, these people, they're, they're human beings. They have wants and needs. She wanted to travel. You know, she wanted to get out and do mm-hmm. things and do things, you know, and see things before she died, you know, contemplating suicide and stuff like that. So it's like, man, if that was your last hurrah. Because you was planning on going home and offering yourself in some way, you know, I have to celebrate that, you know, that you got to go and see things and experience things. Um, but at the same time, too, I'm sad. You know, I'm, I hated to see it, you know, for her to go out like that. So, you know, fuck the producers who put it together. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. But, you know, all love goes to uh, to the young lady who passed and the people who tried to help her, you know. So there's that. Was this based on somebody's true story? Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a true story. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. True story. 
But they, that's the thing. They trivialize it because trying to make shit like Scooby Doo, like it's a cartoon. Like maybe the manager did it. You know what I'm saying? And I found a body here. There was a body. Like man, go on with all that shit, man. Like they should have just. I, did. I was on the manager. I was on the manager until the end. They should have just did. A, I might a have to check that the, shit out. They should just did a documentary about the Hotel Cecil and just left it alone, right? And then did a whole other case study about her. About her, right? And left left out all that fucking Scooby Doo shit. What are you watching next? What's next on the Netflix show? I'm finna watch this little Nas X video and beat my meat. Oh, uh, I can't wait. Give me some lotion. Where the lotion at? Turn on this video uh, so I get real sick. And on that note, what time is it? I gotta use the bathroom, man. I'll be watching Last Chance You, the <laughs> basketball version. I'm gonna keep it a little bit lighter. <laughs> All right. This nigga bugging, man. Yo, so for real, though, uh, April 15th, uh, make sure you check out futurestream.tv slash Lupe Fiasco. We're going to be promoting it over the next couple episodes, but futurestream.tv slash Lupe Fiasco, my virtual show. Um, and the NFT drop is on April 12th, so get ready. You know what I'm saying? That's all I got. It's Lupe Fiasco, and, uh, you know, I love I love everybody. I love everybody. Yo, this is Royce to 5'9". And I'm a non-fungible token. <laughs> hey, and this is Tom Frank. And even if you don't want to listen to Lupe Fiasco on April 15th, come out to see me and Royce do a nice little interview with the man himself. That's our show. You survived. Download, share, do all of that. We'll see you next week. But more importantly, leave us a message, cuz. Call us, man. And so, What's the number, Tom? And, so, and some money. And some money. Leave us some money. Oh, yeah. For the 100th show so that we can be counting our, we, our money. We hungry. The hotline. What's that? We hungry. We tired of eating that damn cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so, the hotline, so, 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 707-276-6261. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. First of all, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I don't want to get shot with an arrow. I'm Gil from Philly. And I just want to thank y'all for bringing Maj on. I, I never heard of him, and now I'm uh, following him, and I'm a big supporter. Hey, this is Brian E. Jones from Maryland, man. Hey, congratulations on your podcast, man. Y'all have been killing it. Lupe, Royce, Tom, doing y'all thing. I love how y'all script it, deliver, but then y'all distribute it to my niggas. Ha-ha, y'all know what it is, baby. Keep doing your thing. Name is Cedric Kirksey, double O. They know how yo appreciate it. Conscious said, love the chats on IG. You got me a couple of times, and I definitely been working on my economy, crypto, and everything. Appreciate the conversations. Love both sides, y'all. Detroit and Chicago. Love what y'all doing. Keep doing it. Salute to Tom. And salute to the merch. I gotta get some. Appreciate you. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe or follow. Leave us a review and tell your friends to listen. The Lupe and Royce Show is a production of Say What Media. It's recorded and mixed by Claude Jennings. Our head writer is Lauren Sloat. I'm Tom Frank. And our theme music is by, who else? Lupe Fiasco and Royce the Five Nine.